Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, Steve Hall. Welcome to another episode of Mustang Owners Podcast. Today we are going to go and talk about another museum, um, Miles Through Time. It's actually located in a really nice area of North Georgia called Tacoa. Is that correct? Clarksville now. It, oh, was, it oh, was in Tacoa okay. originally. Same, but that's the same area, isn't it? It's pretty it's close, close to the same okay. spot. It's a great way to take your car out for a cruise, to be honest with you. It's a great cruising area. Uh, there's Tacoa Falls. In fact, Band of Brothers was actually filmed out that way, if I remember correctly, at Tacoa Falls. Yep, it is. So, kind of a neat piece. But anyway, Sean Mathis is the... Um, well, he's probably like me. He wears all the hats. So to say that he's the director, the owner, uh, is just mildly stating what he does, uh, such. But he's gonna he's joining us today, and I thought it'd be interesting because he's um, he's gone through some really great expansion with some great cars. Uh, actually, he's got a couple that I saw that uh, he posts on uh, social media through Inst- I saw on Instagram, and uh, so I wanted to welcome Sean to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, we look forward to just chatting a little bit because I think a lot of the things that we face, you also face. We are a little different in that we focus strictly on Mustangs. You focus on four wheels. Anything with pretty much with four wheels. It doesn't even have to have four wheels. <laughs> I got I got two wheels. We got planes. We've got trains in there. It's it's all kinds of stuff. As long as it's it's neat and worth seeing, that's pretty much my criteria. Well, there's some interesting. I've even seen some of the photos of some of that memorabilia you have. You got some great displays, and I think one was of was of trains, wasn't it? If I'm, my memory serves me, has really nice cased piece, really elaborate. Obviously, I have to assume whoever has, has donated that. Besides the trains, they don't donated the entire display they I assume. did yep for those trains out that whole display can that you're talking about they donated the whole thing um i know i i haven't been there yet i've been to your first museum that was in tacoa and i'm looking forward to sometime going down that way and spend some when i whenever i can get out of my museum uh, you know how that can be but uh you, you've got quite a variety and i think that's what's fun and i think that also makes it a lot more family friendly so to speak because it's such a wide variety I mean, we try to be family friendly here, but we're all Mustangs and not everybody's in, you know excited about Mustangs. But with your facility, you have so much of a different variety of things that probably have something that everybody likes to see, something that draws their attention. So let's talk about a little bit some of the cars you do have. Just let's just, you know, tell us more about your you have inside on display. Well, thank you. Uh, now what we have is when you first walk in, you're kind of walking into a blacksmith shop. So it the uh, the thought process there was that it was like the beginning of all this. There was you know the wagon wheel. We've got buggies and all that kind of stuff. And then you're gonna walk through a a full replica town that we built. It's got a general store, a barber shop, um, a jail. It, it's it's pretty neat, and and they're all decked out inside. Um, and you're gonna pass through all of the Model Ts, and I call it kind of the the Model T dealership area. Um, and that's where you're gonna see the oldest car we have right now is a nine. 1915 Model T, um, and it's actually a movie car. It's in a it's in a few different movies, um, and then you're gonna see some of the the Model A's, and we got an old Coca Cola truck, and we we built a replica of the original Phillips 66 gas station, uh, and then and then you go around the corner, and that's where you're you're then gonna see the the 30s and muscle cars and cars from the 50s, and um, and then. That was pretty much the museum, and you would exit 
um, as of December of last year in uh, 2021, we expanded the museum. And in the expansion now, that's where we've added a military exhibit. So the, there's a corner of the museum that's always going to be military vehicles, but the military vehicles change out. Uh, and then you got the, the more modern and non-American cars, for the most part, are on that side. And then uh, I went to uh, a museum in Tennessee, and they had pallet racks. And on the pallet racks displayed motorcycles, a whole wall. It was awesome looking. And so ever since I saw saw that, I was like, I, I got to get that as well. So we've got a, a section of pallet racks that's full of pedal cars and bicycles and motorcycles, uh, much smaller than the other museum, but it's pretty neat. And then there's over 5,000 uh, model cars on display as well. As far as you mean like die casts or mm -hmm. plastic put together or just? Uh, everything. Like everything. one display cabinet or one... One exhibit specifically is the Tom Ash collection, and that is uh, 13 display cabinets, kind of like what you have here, mm -hmm. full of Franklin Mint and Danbury Mint cars. That was one man's collection, and uh, his widow, is, is, uh, his wife, um, Eileen Ash, she donated all the cars to us after seeing me on Good Day Atlanta. And then uh, we had nowhere to put them because they needed to be behind glass, so she actually purchased all the display cabinets for us as well. Well, that's actually, it's, it's interesting to hear that because we have similar type stories where a family member passes, but they, they, they really don't know what to do with that guy, that person's passion or collection, and they want to be able still to share it. So we've, I do know where that comes from, but because uh, they want to continue that. They want to keep sharing it, but now it can go to a place where people will come and see it. Otherwise, sometimes when it's at a person's home, no one knows it's there, or very few people know it's there. So it's it's great that the people have that kind of passion and can come to you with that and share that because uh, you guys have grown quite a bit, obviously. You do tell tell us a little bit about how you got the uh, Ford turntable. That would have you that had to be quite an adventure. So uh, <laughs> I'm a part of NAM, which is a National mm -hmm. uh, Association of Automobile Museums, and they send out newsletters and all kinds of stuff. And I was doing something on their website is during close to their conference or I don't remember this specifically, but I wound up coming across a section where it said uh, free turntable. I was like, <laughs> turntable would be awesome. And so I reached out to them. I was like, is this still available? And they said, yes, I just had to go get it. And so I rented a 12 foot Penske truck to drive up to Michigan to switch out with a 26 foot Penske truck to load up three crates and two pallets, uh, two tons worth of a turntable that was all in German and drive it back down to Georgia and figure out how to put it together. Well, how long did it take to put together? It took us a couple days. It oh, actually, absolutely. it was, it was probably more simple than I thought it would be. The more difficult part was wiring in the electrical mm -hmm. box, but I had somebody help us with that. So is it in use now? Yeah. So I stuck... I stuck my 59 Cadillac Coupe de Ville on it, and it worked for a while. And then all of a sudden, it started screaming. So I turned it off. <laughs> Oops. And uh, I removed the Cadillac, went to test the turntable, turned it on, rotated just fine. And it's like, great. And so then I put the 67 GT500 on there and turned the turntable on, and it still worked. And it worked that whole day, and then it worked for a couple hours the next day. And then it stopped and started screaming again. So at the moment, I have a turntable there with a 67 GT500 on it, but it's not turning. But it's kind of locked in position. Well, 
It's a neat piece because I remember you, I should mention that you do put out on Instagram and on Facebook a lot of uh, a lot of media information, and I assume they can find that through Miles. You know, I mean, Facebook slash Miles Through Time. Yep, it's Is Miles it? Through Time everywhere. Okay, uh, that way you can kind of follow along and just see what's going on. To, uh, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You, I've seen you put two or three times a day. You put stuff out there, uh, so it's always sometimes it's just video of cars coming in. How hard was it to put that VW up on that display or up on that? Is that if I remember correctly, that's on the outside? Yeah, that's a, a '61 Volkswagen Beetle um, sitting about 15 feet up in the air in a tower from the because uh, the museum's in an old textile mill, and so that's mm-hmm. an old uh, firehouse well sitting out front and that. Ever since I first got there, I was like, something needs to go up there. So I wound up coming across this beetle, and I was perfect to go up there. The challenge was figuring out how to get it up there. Um, keep it up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's actually, it's a, it's a concrete ceiling. So, it, I mean, it's, it's oh. super sturdy. I'm not, I'm not concerned with it falling down whatsoever. But to get that car up there, it required, uh, we had a con- local construction company that was between jobs, had a big reach forklift came by real quick grabbed it from the back circled around and popped it in i actually have a video of it on our social media that's why i'm bringing it up because i remember seeing that i'm going well well i guess when i, when I, I follow along what i because what i like is i see is there's creativity and imagination so to speak because you look at certain things and we try to do the same thing here is that you look at things and instead of trying to do it the same way everybody else has always done it or or you leave something empty like you you mentioned that particular tower you look at it, you kind of get a vision, and then you got to figure out how to do it. It's uh, much like in the old sales game. It's like, sell the person, we'll figure out how to deliver later kind of a thing. So you try to figure out, well, how can we do something? What would be the right vehicle? Can I find the right vehicle? How would I get it up there? Uh, so that's the thing I, I, I've enjoyed watching from your from your social media. Is there's, some, there's some creativity there. There's some, you know, it's not just, oh, here, let's roll the car in, put it in this corner and put a sign on it and that's it. So um, I'm, I've, I've got, for what it's worth, I've been impressed with that. I've enjoyed watching that because I think museums have to get away from being the same thing day after day after day. We, as I mentioned to you, we change our cars out on a regular basis every six months simply because we want to show guests who come back. We want them to come back, but we want to show them different cars. At the same time, we have people who have Mustangs that would be thrilled just to have their, know that their car was in the museum for a period of time. And, 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 and we appreciate it. They loan them to us. So I, I enjoy watching what you've done. I hope folks that will wanna, who are listening will want to go to um, www.milesthroughtime.com. That's it. And uh, kind of from sure from, from there, you can kind of link on to Facebook or social other social media platforms and such because it's actually, I like say, it's, if, if you live in the southeast area, it's a great, wherever it may be, from Charlotte or Atlanta, Columbia, South Carolina, it's actually, you know, a couple-hour drive, no matter what you do, but it's a great drive. I mean, just especially when you get off of 85 to get over to see uh, to see your area, and there's, there's some neat restaurants out that way. 
some home cooking, as I guess you say. So I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say, folks, is I'm jonesing that these are great cruise ideas that car clubs should think about. Uh, and of course, we love to see Mustangs out there. And hopefully, Sean will have more and more Mustangs uh, there or Fords. Uh, so that's what's pretty cool to have. So, do you have any, what's your future plans? What do you what are you kind of working on that other you know other cars coming or things like that what's 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 next anything to t- talk about for the future uh, it's so hard cuz it's it it feels like it's never ending you know it's there's always something to do um right now we're actually working on wrapping up the the yard art exhibit in front of the museum where we've got a 47 Chevy pickup truck and a 53 Nash and we just built a wall around it, and we just put the planter boxes in it, so that it's all surrounded by uh, flowers and foliage, foliage and all that kind of stuff. And then we'll have a pond in the middle of the two because they're pointing at each other, and a waterfall coming out of the hood of the the Chevy. So it'll be. It's funny because I, I have it under video surveillance, so I can see it all the time. And uh, what happens is after hours, I'll get an alert. Somebody's at the tower because that's where I got it at. And uh, people are taking photos and doing photo shoots outside at it, which is it's pretty neat to just provide that on top of all the other things. But there's there's uh, I want to get a DeLorean in the museum that is supposed to be coming in a Jaguar that belonged to one of Charlie's Angels from the TV show, uh, a Jensen. And there is a. Model TT pickup truck, C-cab pickup truck that should be coming in. And from that, who knows? Because I know being in the the museum world, you never really know because you could get a phone call in an hour and it changes everything, so to speak, or or some of the immediate plans. And all of a sudden, this is available or that's available. You know, we've we've had someone call from Ford saying, hey, we've got this. Are you interested? Yeah, we are. And then they get back to you and you realize, oh, I have to go to Detroit now to get it because they're ready to move it out now. Otherwise, if I don't get there, they're going to toss it or something like that. So, But uh, it's neat to hear some of those things. Like I say, the creativity of what you guys are doing and how you're using part old, old parts or cars or stuff as far as that art, that's, that's, that's great because, again, I think museums have got to move past the point of trying to be art on the floor. There, there, and 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 there's nothing wrong with like I know well, the Duesenbergs, the the Pierce Arrow museums. Those, those are those are art. But when you go to a more the more common museum that has all kinds of different cars and they just sit there year after year after year, they got to really look at how can I be more creative? How can I do something that starts to set you apart from what other people do? And and so while we do Mustangs, I still try to do some things here that set ourselves apart from other museums. Not not necessarily with Mustang museums, but just other museums. But what you're doing is the same thing. You're really trying to create a creative atmosphere so that when people are coming, they're like you're going to get those picture moments. Uh, so that's really cool. So I have not driven to your place from Charlotte, but from Atlanta, I've gone up to the your your older spot. How how long of a drive is it now from Charlotte to? Uh, I'm asking because we might do a cruise. But anyway, <laughs> is it three hours? I think it's about two and a half hours. Two and a half? Yeah. Well, that's an easy cruise. Yeah, it's it's not bad at all. If you know where Helen, Georgia is... Of course. It's 20 minutes south of Helen. So okay. So coming from the Charlotte area, it'd be closer than going to Helen. 
Okay. Well, we may have to talk about doing a cruise down your way because I, I would love to go down and spend some time and just the drive itself. Once you get off 85, I mean, 85, yes. I 85 is I 85. It's like any other interstate, but once you get off that part, so, but, um, and, and as we've said here, we're chatting with Sean and he's telling you about his museum. He also has another project that I got to be honest with you. I know I do a weekly e-blast to two enthusiasts that are all over the world. But Sean does also something similar, but his is a little bit different directed. So I'm, I'm going to just kind of sit back and let Sean tell you about what he does on a regular basis through email blasts. All right. Uh, I'll start kind of from the beginning as far as uh, when I started Miles Through Time in 2017, I had no idea what I was doing. So I did a lot of research. I looked up car museums all over the country to try to figure out what they were doing and uh you know, rather than throw all that information away, I, I compiled it all into a website and created AutomotiveMuseumGuide.com. And uh, it just kind of sat there uh, available for people for a few years. Um, and it lists every car museum that I could find uh, in North America on that guide. And then uh, about eight, nine months ago, I decided I should probably do something with that website. And so I, I started to, to look to see if I could find any more car museums. And, and I started doing the, the weekly email uh, where I showcase at least three car museums throughout the country. Um, and from there, it just it's starting to get more and more popular. And, and what I'm doing is hopefully having people be able to find these car museums, because I found if they were coming to my museum, chances are they'd like to go to your museum, but I, you have to let them know about it. And so often they come in and they're like, I had no idea you were here or you didn't until you did. Right. So yeah. now they do. So all I'm trying to do is get it in front of these people in another way. Cause I found you've got big museums, right? You got Peterson and Gilmore. I mean, they have tons of money and everybody knows about them, but then you've got so many more car museums throughout the country that you just don't know they're there unless you know. They just don't have the marketing budget. They're small, but they're awesome. I mean, that they got they they all have different cars. Sometimes the buildings themselves are just as neat as what's on display. So it's worth going and, and visiting all these places. Plus, they're preserving automotive history. So you have to go visit them, or they'll start to disappear. And that's what I'm trying to prevent. Well, one thing we we've noticed here quite often when people do come, we we like to as we talk with them, and we especially if they're from out of state, you know, we like to ask, you know, how did you hear about us? Are you do you own a Mustang? And I don't have to say half the time people say yes, half the time people say no, we don't. But or or my my dad did, or my aunt did, or my best friend in school had one, so they all have a connection uh, to a Mustang one way or the other. But what we find is the most common way that uh, people who are not into the hobby or follow the Mustang hobby, they find it by going to TripAdvisor or they go to the local visitors bureau and find out some information there. And so really that's what your your guide does. It actually acts as if it's focused only on one entity and that's museums. And so I think that's what's really great so that when people go into an area uh, and they're looking for things to do. I, I, like I said, a lot of people will come to the museum having done some research. They come here, and then one of the things they ask us is, well, what are, what are the things are in the area that we can go do? Well, we give them a list of things that they can, you know, we'll look at. Of course, we're in, we're in NASCAR country, so we have that. We have a pretty easy, well, up till now, or to recently, we had a pretty easy way of saying, well, you know, we've got Roush over here, Penske's over there. But until recently, most of them were closed because of COVID, but now they're they're opening back up. But it's a neat way for people to be able to just kind of, especially if they just take it driving from, 
you know, we get a lot of people come from north through south, you know, different times of the year, and they're just going to take their time. They're retired folks, and it's a nice way to kind of find, as I'm going through Sarasota, what's in Sarasota, what's in Naples, what's in Tallahassee, or whatever it may be, or, you know, in this area. So, um, again, it's... AutomotiveMuseumGuide.com. I'll actually post that in our one of my email blasts so that everybody can get a link to it. I think it would be a great way for you guys to just bookmark it so that when you do travel around... Because believe it or not, I'm, I'm one that believes that museums should work together. And I say that strangely that some people may not understand. Not all museums like to work together. Some museums kind of, you know, they, they've got their own way of doing their thing. And that's fine. I respect that. But I think of like what Sean's doing is he's sharing information so that when you go someplace, you can enjoy the full area of looking at other cars, other attractions, and things of that nature. Because, you know, let's face it, we have cars here. Sean has cars there you've never seen before. You may not even knew that they ever existed, but yet there they are. And uh, with such a variety, uh, I've told Sean I, I could not do what he does. <laughs> To be quite honest with you, I, I'm only good enough for one brand. I can only focus on one. But to imagine that you have such a variety you have, and then the, the different dioramas you've created for all that, that's that's amazing. I wish we had more room so we could do things like that ourselves. And, you know, you, but you never know the future. That's the nice thing is we've all, we, not to take away from your name of your museum, but we do have time, so to speak, that maybe down the road we can do some things. But you've done all this really on your own with, well, with your team. But it's 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 amazing what you can do with some creativity. And instead of just sitting there and just waiting for it to come to you, you've created reasons where people come to see you. So I think that's great. I mean, you, I don't know how, I, th I think I found the only guy who spends more time in a museum than me is you. That's so, <laughs> possible. That's probably so. But anyway, I want to thank you for coming up this way and spending some time with us. This was totally off the cuff for us to do. It was a, kind of a last minute, but I kind of realized from our conversations we walked through the museum, I want to share what you're doing, let people know about it so we can get some people to come see you. I think it's a great idea for us to maybe set up a cruise sometime in the next couple of months and see so we can bring some mustangs down your way because i i want to come down and take a look at what you've got going on too so i appreciate you coming by and spending some time with us thanks for having me my pleasure thank you for joining us we hope you've enjoyed listening to another episode of the mustang owners podcast be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any episodes for more information on the museum please go to mustangownersmuseum.com and you'll find additional information on upcoming events